Buenos días, good morning, and this is Beyond the Walls with Pastor Israel Rodriguez and my co-host, my brother, my friend and partner, Tim Flirty. This is the talk radio show that goes beyond the surface level to explore the deeper truth of faith. Join us as we journey together into the heart of God's love and discover the power of faith to transform our lives. Welcome back to another week of Beyond the Walls. I am your host, Tim Flaherty. I have my co-host here with me, Pastor Israel Rodriguez. Ooh, I almost got that last R, but I missed it. Man, it's buenos dias. Buenos dias. I will commit your life into the hands of God with your Spanish-speaking pronunciation. And uh, I love you just the way you are, Timmy. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Walls. Tim, who do we have today with us? Well, my, my brother is here with us again, Martin Flaherty, pastor at Deer Flat Church, office sharer of Pastor Israel. and Israel, that's, that's where I have seen him, and now remember. <laughs> Across the desk from <laughs> yes. me? Yes. Yeah. Like an old detectives movie, when I come in, they, they have a desk and they have chairs facing each other, and it's like, I'm like, oh gosh, what kind of trouble are these two characters getting up into, and how how is it possible that the famous... Dave McGarra and Rick Day allow you two to just run rampant. I, I can't I can't believe it sometimes. Well, God is good to infants and idiots, and I fit somewhere in between, you know. So yeah, <laughs> we're both grateful just to have a job. All right. And, <laughs> well, we're here today, and of course, we always start every episode with a question of the day. And with Thanksgiving right around the corner, I wanted to think about gratitude and thankfulness and charity and it is the it is the charitable season of the year that late november december time frame what is it pastor you know from a biblical perspective does does god require us to be charitable in response to this question team i feel that uh what he requires of us is to have a generous heart a lot of times when we are required to be charitable, especially with this topic, with this question, I, I look beyond that and, and I look at the meaning of what it is to give generously, you know. And it doesn't really matter uh, whether you are a philanthropist or a full-time volunteer or whether you have a lot of money or not. The Bible says, he who gives to the poor will never lack, will never want. And uh, rather than just giving out of whatever we have, whether we have an abundance or we have uh, leftovers, give with a generous heart of whatever wealth and abilities that we have. It's not just uh, certain things are our money. No matter how small it is, you know, the, the intention of the heart, giving with a good heart, with a right heart, I think is pleasing unto God. Well, I think that's, I mean really how i try to do it i you know it i didn't know i wasn't always that way and i and i've spoken about this at length in 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 depth uh, you know giving was all you know tithing was always i always thought it was a sham and i have to tell you if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're you're thinking how you know how can i afford 10 percent? or if you're thinking well when i have more then i'll make up the difference from my own experience i have to tell you that if you give 10% of what you have, God will trust you with more. 
I don't understand. I don't. Ex- I can't explain it. I can just tell you from my own experience that when I started to give ten percent of my salary, and that was before taxes, by the way. I, I don't know how other people do it, but I did it before taxes. Ever since that moment seven years ago, wild, insane abundance has flowed my way, and I have never lacked ever since. You know, Tim, one of the things that uh, comes to my mind when we talk about tithing and giving, you know, uh, each one of us has something to give. Some have wealth, some have talents, some others have time. When we're talking about tithing, do we really think about tithing your time or tithing your your, your, your abilities and or or? Some others just come in prayer and they give their time to praise and worship God because that's all they have. You know, whatever gift we have been given, large or small, we should share it generously. And and when we do this, we make the world better for somebody else out there, you know, and that they can find true meaning and satisfaction in their own lives. With that, we'll be right back. The Estegos.org Community Warehouse is a powerful tool for churches, nonprofits, and schools to get the items they need at a fraction of the cost. Most items are available up to 90% off retail prices. Membership to the Estegos.org Community Warehouse is free and takes just a few minutes to sign up online at Estegos.org. To learn more about how your church, nonprofit, or school can start saving money, go to Estegos.org. That's A-S-T-E-G-O-S dot O-R-G. And we're back again with Beyond the Walls. I'm Tim Flaherty here with Pastor Israel Rodriguez and my brother Martin Flaherty, both of them pastors at Deer Flat Church here in uh, Caldwell, Idaho. Pastor Israel focuses primarily on Beyond the Walls work out in the community here locally, and my brother does adult ministries and also leads the missions trips. Now, you if you are a fan of the show and you've been listening all along, then you know that we had him on about six months ago talking about his trips in the past to Cuba and other places around the country, or around the, the world, actually. He agreed to come back because this summer he took a trip with, how many people did you have? Uh, we took two trips this summer. The first trip had 26, and the second trip had 52. That's a lot of people. Now, what I want to do for the people listening, this is going to be a three-week journey. I want to talk a little bit about the organization process. I think sometimes people don't understand exactly how much work goes into getting one of these mission trips off the ground. I mean, there's the fundraising. There's the convincing the leadership of the church that this is worthy. There's the preparation work. I mean, how many times did you have to go down there and and, and till the soil, if you will, to make it fertile to bring 26 or 52 people? with you. You had to rent vans or buses, or you had to figure out how do we get the resources into the community? What are we bringing? I mean, I remember at the last minute, I called you up and I said, did you need mosquito nets down there? You know, because, and, and it was just, you know, I think that le- that week leading up to it and, and the double and triple checking of the lists to make sure, and then the gathering. So I want to give the people out there listening, at least in this first episode, an opportunity to hear all of the work that, all the preparation that gets done and leading up to uh, selecting the people and even through selecting them and then the trainings that go on for months and months and the journey 
that goes. And we and and then we'll talk in the next couple of episodes about the two trips themselves and some of the stories and interesting things and 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 I think there's some moments because you took your teens with you. And so the, there might be some moments that you want to share about what sure. what they experienced. So yeah, a lot goes into a uh, mission trip, and a lot of it depends on what your what your purpose is, what your hopes are, why you're doing it. Usually, it's it starts out with with some prayer and some discussion, like prayerful consideration, and wh- what is it that we want to accomplish, and why. And so, for me in ministry, I've I got twofold really going on. Yeah, I want to be a blessing to wherever we go not a burden. You want to be a blessing, not a burden, wherever you go, whatever you do. And at the same time, I have the responsibility of the team that I'm bringing, and I want it to be a positive experience for them. I want it to be a spiritual uh, mile marker in their life and in their journey and their discipleship. I want them to grow and be blessed as well. And that always happens. I mean, when you go into it with those those goals in mind and you, you ask God to do what only He can do, because there's so many things you can't control. There's so many things you can't prepare for. You really need Him to show up and to do what only he does. And so we want to to go to places and serve and be a blessing, but at the same time encounter God on those trips and bring people home changed, more like Christ, feeling like they've encountered God and God spoke to them or taught them or changed them or grew them through that whole trip and whole, that whole experience. I think, you know, I, I've, I've been on a number of mission trips in my life, and I think that that's always the case is, is where – you know, even when we do work locally, and we'll go out to the fields and be have an interaction with someone who maybe came here from South America or Central America, waited years to get a working permit to be able to come here and change the lives of their children by being in America and by giving them that education and and toil out in the hot sun all day for just enough money to pay rent and buy food and send a little bit back home. You know, you can't help but see the connection with God there. That they are grateful when they're grateful, and they're you know they're they're there, and you're able to serve them in some way and ease their burden, even just a little bit. Yes, I believe the the need uh, is all around us. You know, different peoples have different needs, and the question here for me personally, every time I come in prayer, you know, to the Lord, I say, where where do you want me to go? What do you have for me to do? Because the need is all over. How, how do you choose a place or sometimes how that place chooses you? You know, it all starts with a desire. It all starts with a thought. And that thought is, is planted, is rooted in your heart. And then you will see certain things. For instance, in my personal life, you know, I we pray. We were praying one, one day, me and my wife, as where was the first place that we should go as a family. You know, as after we were serving for numbers of years in our community and in our towns, and uh, we were invited to this mission conference, and uh, the pastor who was hosting the event, he asked me to translate for a Cuban pastor. The Cuban pastor is sitting next to me to the right, and uh, as we were just eating breakfast, I remember how he started to to share a lot of the things that were happening in Cuba and that were about to take place in Venezuela. And he told me, I think you should uh, pray and consider coming and visit because God wants to work in your heart. It doesn't have to do with how much help we can bring and how we 
think that we can encourage or bring donations or money on a lot of things for the people to live better. A lot of times the trip is about God working in your heart, in your life, so he can get the best out of you. And and that was our case. You know, I got the invitation from this pastor. Then I met uh, neighbors in my community from Cuba. And everywhere I was, you know, fixing my eyes, my attention, there was something related to that specific country for that specific season. And it became a no-brainer. You know, I understood uh, that God wanted me to uh, do whatever was in my power to try to go on this trip. And then I saw the rest of the impossible details happening at this timing. And then I said, you know what? It's, it's time It's time to go and see what is it that the Lord wants to do in my life first so that he can use after to work through my life. Well, once you have that, once you decide, okay, Belize is where we're going to go, which is the case here. Tell us that first step. I mean, you you at some point decided we're going to I'm I want to go to Belize. I or or at least I want to try to go to Belize. Yeah. So what do you do then? I mean, do you, you I mean, what's the next step? You you've thought, prayed, sure. uh, decided, uh, but that's it. You just have this. Mm-hmm. And and then what? What's the next step? What what do you well, do? Tim, sorry for interrupting you. No, but go ahead. I would love our audience to know, Martin. I would love them to know why Belize. I mean, how? I mean, I just shared this uh, testimony, this experience about Cuba, but Belize on this particular trip. What drew, drew your attention to that? I mean, your your thoughts, your hearts, your emotions, sure. your resources, your everything to Belize on this trip. Yeah, it's a uh, it's kind of a multiple factors, but I think there's spiritual ones and there's there's physical ones. And for the spiritual ones. You know, I just, I hate to use the word feel because that's the truth, though, but I just feel like God was leading me to Belize. He had put it on my heart. He'd brought it up in conversations. It had been in my prayer life. It would come into my mind at the random, most random times. And I'm like, God, what are you doing in Belize? What is special about Belize? Why are you, you know, putting it on my mind and bringing it to my attention? And so, you, you know, you're patient with that. It didn't happen, um, you know, overnight or in the next season. It, I think probably two to three years of, of talking to people and bringing it up and then then once you kind of know for me this next step is is networking it's it's um you know you start to notice god will bring people into your life they'll be like oh i've been to belize or oh i know someone who's working in belize or those kinds of things one of the most interesting things is i got an email from someone who heard that i was taking a trip to belize and they're like we know someone else who's working in belize and so these people sent me an email and invited the other person to the email, and so we connected and met through email. And they had been from another church, and they had now are attending Deer Flat, and so they connected us through email. And the the place where they were working was the next town up the coast from where we were going, you know. And that led to a future trip that we did this last year, you know, four years later, working with them as well. So that's how you know that God is orchestrating all the details from from the beginning. Yeah, you know, you you, you don't have to fight it. You don't have to really fight it, and yet things that are unexplainable, things that just kind of seem divine, divine appointments, divine connections. I always, I always say to people, it's miracles that happen. And with that, we'll be right back. Hey, this is Pastor Dave McGuire from Deer Flat Church. If you're looking for a welcoming community where you can explore your faith or you want to deepen your relationship with God, come check us out in Caldwell, Idaho. Our Sunday worship services are at 9 a.m. and 1045, and you're going to love the setting. We sit out in the middle of farm ground. Our members at the church offer such guidance and friendship and support as you journey on your spiritual path. Find us online at dearflat.org or stop by for a visit today. Hey, this is the church, the perfect church for imperfect people. And we're back and Beyond the Walls with Pastor Martin. 
sharing about all these experiences, but particularly on this last trip to Belize. And we heard Martin saying how the Lord was preparing his heart and making all this a no-brainer with a different encounters with the different people that got sent his way. And now he's taking this first trip with 26 people from Deer Flat Church. Martin, where do you go? And what is it that you guys did on this first trip? Well, I'm going to back you up, actually, if that's okay, because our first trip was in 2019, actually. Okay. Yeah. So, but we did take two trips this summer. This summer. Okay. Yeah, we can get to those, but tell um, us, tell us the process, because you said you, 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 so you picked Belize. What I want to hear is, what's the mechanics of it? You know, you you picked it. You know, you're going to go, and maybe this time it was a little easier because you had you had been there before, but. I want people to understand the gargantuan lift because I see you go through it and there's a convincing step. So to start from the beginning, what do you have to do to get it off the ground? Sure. Just because you have a vision doesn't mean that everyone else does. And you need to be able to communicate that vision and kind of sometimes communicate the why of that vision. And sometimes even the how, even if you don't know all the hows at at one point, because People have questions. Leaders have questions. You know, finance committees have questions. Budgets have limitations. Parents have fears and concerns. And and so there's a lot that goes into that. And a lot of it is is behind the scenes people work. And then there's a lot of behind the scenes decision making. How many people are we going to bring? Are we going to have a cap on the registration, or is it just everybody, anybody? What's the age? Um, are we going to let families? Or are we going to let couples? Or are we going to let parents? Or are we going to let just teens or just adults? What dates are we going to go? Who, how are we going to fly? Which airlines are we going to take? What's the transportation we get there? Are we taking a bus? Are we taking a fleet of vans? Are we staying in a church? Are we staying in a hotel? Does that hotel have air conditioning? Does it not? Are we? There's so many decisions that go into making a trip happen. So what's what's step one? <laughs> besides the prayer and besides the networking and besides the, the convincing of people, for me, the, the biggest step is scouting. I actually take a scouting trip to wherever we're going because if I'm going to be leading people there, specifically young people, and their parents are going to entrust me with their their cherished, their precious ones, right? Like, I want to have been there, know where we're going, know what it looks like, know what it feels like, know what it's supposed to be, know that it's safe, know all those things. Make sure that I have resources in wherever we're going, backup plans. And most people don't know this. Most people don't need to know this, but I do, you know, I need to know as a leader. Um, that all those things are put in place. It's generally speaking, I would announce that we're taking a mission trip eight to nine months before we actually leave and there's a lot of a lot of work that goes in in those eight to nine months and then i know that it you know it it costs the people going on the trip to go Mm -hmm. how do you finance a trip like this give give us the breakdown how much would someone pay how much would the church itself contribute are there outside factors maybe a a generous benefactor that uh, all those things are true i've 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 done all those things and had all those things happen but generally speaking, I have an Excel sheet, as, as plain and ordinary as that sounds, and it you know has formulas in it that I can break down the cost of you know the hotels and the transportation, airfare, and I can plug those numbers in. And the the price changes a little bit um, because some things are fixed costs, and so those go down as you share them over more people. So a trip where you take I'm, I've taken eighty or hundred people on a trip to Mexico, those cost less per person than saying taking twenty four or 22 or something like that because some of those costs are shared and they get cheaper with more people. So then you determine the cost, you announce it from the pulpit, people start to sign up. What's next? So what's next is oftentimes we do a lot of team building or we'll do some smaller service projects together in our local community or area that that's just they're fun and you also get to know people and see who works well together and 
kind of um, you start to create some of these shared memories and some relationship building before you ever get to the mission trip. Those are that's always a great way to do it. So you'll have like multiple local mission activities mm-hmm. that you'll do where you'll say like, hey, yeah, serve days. Yep, helping people. Sometimes a lot of times it's helping people. You know, could be moving or yard work or you're going down to a, a local love inc or a charity of some sort and just just serving. And people who can show up show up. You know, and sometimes we have it so that that you can actually earn fundraising dollars through service projects as well. That's been a great kind of resource and tool. As I would know, you, you have young men, young women who come from families that maybe are a little less well-to-do. Mm-hmm. And those young people still want, and their families probably still want them to have the experience. Mm-hmm. How does the church make it possible for, say, a young man or a young woman who's living in a family where, like, mom is sure. literally, you know, behind Whatever their the details. Paycheck. Yeah. Yep. How, do they, how do you ensure, because I know you do, mm-hmm. that that person gets to go? And if someone's listening and wants to help you once they hear this, how do they help you? <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be just us, but whatever their their churches that they go to, whether they have you know they have their churches going on mission trips or camps or anything like that. You you need those generous Christians who say, "Look, God has has been so good to me, and I want to invest in people who are who want to do these things." And so, for us, we have a couple of things. We have a coffee bar at our church, and 100 percent of those proceeds go to youth missions, you know, and mm-hmm. things like that. And so we can we can draw on that. But what I'm asking is, like, what does the young person – so I'm a young person. I'm in your church. I want to go with you to Belize. Mm-hmm. I know my mom and dad can't afford it. Mm-hmm. How you know? I, I get up the bravery to ask, is there something I can do? Mm-hmm. How do they get how – how does the church make sure that person can go, that young person can go? So we meet with them. We ask them, okay, find out more specific. What is their need? How much is their need? Uh, because oftentimes it's not the whole amount. There's a cap they have in their mind. We can afford this much, or I can come up with this much, and so we find out what that difference is. Right, the whole trip's going to cost a thousand. Mom and dad can say like they can come up with two fifty. Right, and again, we're usually talking about this eight nine months in advance. So even at a hundred dollars a month or seventy five dollars a month, you know, you can you can get majority of it uh, through that way. We work with them and we plan it out and we show them that it is possible and we. We can ask, we have certain people in the church we can ask that you know, they always come to us and say hey we never want anyone to not be able to do some of these things because of money and we're willing to fund them or back them or sponsor them and the young people generally get to an opportunity to work for it too absolutely so like I was talking about with those those service projects and and activities some people in the church will hire a teen you know to to come and help them or help around their property and mostly though it's it's helping the teen understand that they need to participate in their faith. And that if they'll step out in faith, if God's really calling them and wanting them to go, he'll provide the resources for them to do it. But they need to step out in faith and acknowledge that. We also do multiple trips. So our trip to Mexico that we do every other year is a a lot less expensive. It's half the price of going to Belize or Cuba or Haiti or Honduras or any of these other places that we've been. And so um, that often is a gateway mission trip that they can afford. You know, it's less than $1,000, $800, $900 versus going to Cuba or someplace that's twice as much as that. I would hesitate to let us finish without putting this out there, but why don't you give the listeners your email address so that if they feel the call and they want to help, they I know they can always go to deerflat.org. Again, that's deerflat.org, and they can search for uh, the staff and their contact information is right sure. there. But tell us how they can help, and then we'll get we'll go on to our next segment. Yeah, my email address is simply my name, Martin Flaherty at deerflat.org, and you can find it on our webpage for sure.
and we'll be right back. The Estegos.org Community Warehouse is a powerful tool for churches, nonprofits, and schools to get the items they need at a fraction of the cost. Most items are available up to 90% off retail prices. Membership to Estegos.org Community Warehouse is free and takes just a few minutes to sign up online at Estegos.org. To learn more about how your church, nonprofit, or school can start saving money, go to Estegos.org. And we're back with Beyond the Walls, and thank you, Pastor Martin, for being here with us today on this first episode. Pastor Martin is going to come back in the next two Saturdays to share on his heart and share on his calling and share in all kind of opportunities to serve on the mission field. But as for now that uh, we're here on, on this last segment of the program, I would love to come to the Lord in prayer and having you uh, synchronize in this station, just, just connect with us as we pray. Blessed Lord, our God who by your Son you commanded each one of us to go into the world and preach the gospel to every person. Would you please increase our faith and seal that I may more earnestly desire the salvation of people around the entire world. I confess that I often in my heart is, 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 is sometimes cold and my ears are dull to your mission cry, but it's all over around us. Open my eyes that I can see you. Open my ears that I can listen to your word and listen to your voice and do what you say. Knowing that you are the source, that you are the provider, that you will meet every single need. I want to obey you. And by doing this, we demonstrate to you that we love you. I pray for every listener, just, just be with them as, as they're driving today, as they're uh, running their errands, as, as they're just at doing their house chores. Just, just, just bless their families, bless them individually. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen and amen. <laughs> 